I'm reading this morning from Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Jim. You can uh, open your Bibles there if you haven't already to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read that in a bit. I don't know what kind of day you're having. This fellow didn't have such a great day. A man was working on his motorcycle on his patio, and his wife was in the kitchen. The man was racing the engine on the motorcycle when it accidentally slipped into gear. The man, still holding onto the handlebars, was dragged through the glass patio doors and along with the motorcycle, dumped onto the floor inside the house. The wife, hearing the crash, ran into the dining room and found her husband lying on the floor, cut and bleeding, the motorcycle lying next to him and the shattered patio door. The wife ran to the phone and summoned the ambulance. Because they lived on a fairly large hill, the wife went down the several flights of stairs to the street to escort the paramedics to her husband. After the ambulance arrived and transported the man to the hospital, the wife uprighted the motorcycle and pushed it outside. Seeing the gas was spilled on the floor, the wife got some paper towels, blotted up the gasoline, and threw the towels in the toilet. The man was treated and released to come home. Upon arriving home, he looked at the shattered patio door and the damage done to his motorcycle. He became despondent, went into the bathroom, sat down in the toilet, and smoked a cigarette. After finishing the cigarette, he flipped it between his legs into the toilet bowl while seated. The wife, who was in the kitchen, heard the loud explosion and her husband screaming. She ran into the bathroom and found her husband lying on the floor. His trousers had been blown away, and he was suffering burns on all the parts of his body that you can imagine, the back of his legs, etc. The wife again ran to the phone to call the ambulance. The very same paramedic crew was dispatched, and the wife met them at the street. The paramedics loaded the husband onto the stretcher and began carrying him to the street. While they were going down the stairs to the street, accompanied by the wife, one of the paramedics asked the wife how the husband had burned himself. She told them, and the paramedics started laughing so hard, one of them slipped and tipped the stretcher, dumping the husband out. He fell down the remaining stairs and broke his arm. That supposedly is a true story, but you know how preacher stories go, so who knows? Here's an entirely different kind of story. I don't know if you've seen Kevin Costner's movie, For the Love of the Game. It's one of my favorite sports movies. Um, I love The Natural with Robert Redford. I love Hoosiers. That's a great movie. This one also is a great sports movie. It's about Billy Chappell, successful in every way. He fulfills his boyhood dream and that of his parents for him by becoming a Major League Baseball pitcher. He pitches for 18 years in the Major Leagues, wins a World Series for the Detroit Tigers in 1984. The story is fictitious, but they play this up well because the Tigers did win the series in 84. He's headed for the Hall of Fame. He has everything money can buy. And the movie consists of a series of flashbacks where Billy Chappell, during his last Major League game, throws a perfect game 
which if you know anything about baseball, uh, perfect games are so rare. There have only been 20 of these in the history of Major League Baseball. In fact, it was interesting. Last year, there was a young fellow. I, th- I think he was a rookie or maybe he'd been up for a couple of years or something. And he was pitching. I can't remember what team he was pitching for. And he, he had a perfect game going until the very last pitch. He threw his last pitch. And the guy threw a simple ground ball. And the ball went over to first base. And the umpire called the runner safe. And the guy was safe at first base. And the replay showed that the umpire was totally wrong. The umpire knew he was wrong afterwards. He apologized to the player because he blew it. This guy's one shining moment in the sun for his, you know, the biggest play of his life. And the umpire blows it. And the umpire was on TV apologizing. It's just one of the rarest events that there is. And so in the movie, he throws a perfect game as his last game. Well, the flashbacks end immediately after the game. And that night, after the game is over, Billy Chappell goes to his hotel room, the greatest night of his life, and he sits down on the bed, and he sobs. And he doesn't cry tears of joy. They're tears of grief. And what should be the greatest moment of his life isn't. And he's crushed. Now this turns out to be a love story. Okay? The natural is the same way. Turns out to be a love story. The Hoosiers, same way. Turns out to be a love story. Why do they have to make sports movies love stories? But this turns out to be a love story. And so the reason that he's sobbing on the edge of the bed is because there's a beautiful girl that's waiting for him in an airport, ready to fly to London. So he decides that he's going to go and track her down and chase her to London. Of course, he gets to the airport and she misses her flight conveniently. And so she's in the airport and he goes to the same area of the airport and they find each other. And the movie ends with them kneeling on the floor together, hugging. It's the worst movie. I mean, the worst ending for a sports movie that I can imagine. Two people embracing each other at the end of this movie. He should have just quit with the perfect game. (laughs) So I'm not sure that the movie works. And what doesn't really work is this. He is obviously, throughout the movie, despite all the things that he has, he's a major league baseball pitcher, he makes millions of dollars a year, he has everything in life he could possibly be, he's become the epitome of what he wants, and he finished his career career with a perfect game. And then... The movie ends with him in this embrace of this woman. And it's absolutely unreal because you and I know that life is simply not that perfect. You can't end with a perfect game. And even when you do get the beautiful girl in the end, there are some people who are married would say it's still not absolutely perfect. So we look at life, and if we're realistic about it all, we recognize that there are things that sometimes don't go our way. It's interesting. If you look at the title and the uh, order of assembly for this sermon today, it says, The Peace That Passes All Understanding. It was a short week. We had to come up with a sermon title by Wednesday. As the week unfolded, I wanted to come up with a different title. I wanted to say, instead of The Peace That Passes All Understanding, I wanted to say, 
Why is it that we can't have the peace that passes all understanding? Why is it that when we go through life, we typically don't have the peace that passes all understanding? Because when I look at life as it really is, the fact is most of us are not filled with all that much peace. I found myself thinking about all the people I know who seem to have so much and who don't have all that peace. In fact, what is true is that I know all these Christians who don't have all that peace. If there's a conflict in your marriage today, it's difficult to say that you have all that peace. If you or someone you love is seriously ill, it's difficult to say that you have it. If you've lost your job or are afraid you may, it's difficult to say that you have it. If your kids are not doing well, in whatever way that you can think of, it's difficult to say that you have the peace that passes all understanding. If that same obnoxious person will still be there working for the company you work for when you go to work tomorrow morning, it may be difficult to say that you have the peace that passes all understanding. If you feel like you have no friends, if you can't seem to make ends meet, If your car makes funny noises or rattles the teeth in your head when it first starts. If the hot water tank is leaking. Or if your roof is leaking. Or your bank account is leaking. Or if your computer seems to have a virus. Or if you think your identity has been stolen. Or if your boss has expectations that are simply absurd. Or if you can't get into the bathing suit you wore last summer. But this summer you find yourself involved in a lawsuit. It may be difficult to say that you have the peace that passes all understanding. If you run your own business, you probably worry about that. And you probably don't have the peace that passes all understanding. You worry about retirement. Or maybe you have a baby that won't stop crying. In which case, it's going to be able, tough to be able to say that you have the peace that passes all understanding. And my point with the opening story about Billy Chapel is this. We simply don't typically find everything to be perfect. And it doesn't matter how wealthy you are. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter if you have absolutely everything you ever dreamed of. Even the people I know who seem to have everything don't seem to have the peace that passes understanding. You know, I don't live in a world in which there are wealthy people everywhere, but because I have been living in different places and have been involved in churches where there are a lot of different people in those churches, I do run across people who are quite wealthy. And I can think of persons in every church that I've ever served who were quite wealthy. But when I think of those people, those aren't necessarily the people that I think of first when I think of the peace that passes all understanding. Because to have all those things simply isn't it. And then the preacher has the gall to get up in front of the church and say that we're all supposed to be filled with love and joy and peace. And sometimes when you look into your soul, you just don't feel that way. And I want you to know this morning that I get that. 
Like it would be so easy for me to get up here and first talk about love and then talk about joy and then talk about peace because we're going through the fruit of the Spirit. And for me to act like everybody should just be loving and it's so easy. And like I talked about last week, let's just all have joy in the Lord. But isn't that easy? Like, when I said that last week, when I said, let's just all be filled with the joy of the Lord and let the Holy Spirit live live within us so we can be all so filled with joy. Like, when I say that, isn't there a little bit of you who says, that's a bit unrealistic, Kelly. You're asking for an awful lot there. You're asking for more, maybe, than I can really give. Because to be quite honest, I don't feel all that joy-filled right now. Maybe for one of the reasons that I mentioned. Maybe it's not all that easy. And if I was to just get up this morning and say, let's just all be filled with the Lord's peace. Like, isn't there a a part of you, or at least some of you out there, who would kind of say, that is more difficult than you make it out to be, my friend. Like, everything seems to be going okay for you. But in my life, not so much. And so don't glibly tell me that we're supposed to be filled with peace. And I want you to know this morning that when I read these passages about peace in the Bible, I understand that it's not easy. I understand that it's difficult. And so I know that there's something wrong when I can so easily talk about having the fruit of the Spirit and about having all the love and all the joy and all the peace that we can possibly have when maybe your world isn't peace-filled at all. And I just want you to understand that sometimes I don't feel as peace either. Sometimes in my own life as a Christian, I wrestle with it. Just the way you do. And I want us to be filled with joy and I want us to be filled with peace. But there are times in my own life when I'm not as filled with joy as I want to be. That's just real. And if I was to just stand here and preach for the next several weeks about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And act like all those things were just so much part of my life. I want you to know it's not as easy as that. At the same time, I think that what we're talking about is real. I think that the peace that passes all comprehension and understanding really is a possibility for us. I know because of the God who constantly catches me and blesses my life. I heard the story this week about a two-year-old, a toddler, who was with her grandmother in their city, uh, in Hangzhou City in China. The grandmother left for a few minutes to run an errand, and while she did, the toddler ran out onto the balcony on their 10-story apartment and found herself hanging over the edge by her fingernails. A passerby, Wu Juping, looked up and saw the toddler, watched her slip her grasp 
and watch her plunge 10 stories. And she ran over and reached out and broke the baby's fall. It broke her arms. It broke, it broke her arms as the baby fell, but she was able to actually save the child. The child is still in critical condition, but she didn't die on the spot because this girl was there to catch her. And sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes I feel like in my own efforts to have love and joy and peace and all that God provides, that God is right there trying to catch me. And it's not that I slip through his grasp. It's not as though his arms aren't strong enough. It's not as though they'll break. It's just that sometimes you and I know that it's not as perfect as we want it to be. And yet it doesn't mean that God's not there. He is there. And the peace that he wishes to provide is indeed so much stronger than that lady's arms. And so I feel the burdens of life. I feel the burdens of sin. I feel the burdens of of my own thinking. Sometimes I'm not as joy-filled and as loving and as peace-filled as I should be. But God is able, nonetheless, to sustain Now listen and read these words. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Who wrote that, somebody? Somebody tell me who wrote that. Paul did. Paul also wrote these words. I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night in the day and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I don't feel weak? Who is led into sin and I don't inwardly burn and the point is is that the same one who says do not be anxious for anything but by everything in prayer and petition let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is the same one who experienced all those things and so when he tells me that I can have the peace that passes all comprehension it's not just an idle comment And it's not just an idle comment when I make it and I say to you, there are times in my life when I've experienced the peace of Jesus Christ. It's not perfect for me. I don't always have it. There are some times when I don't feel it like I want to. Oh, but sometimes I do. And sometimes God blesses me richly with his peace in a way that passes absolutely all of my understanding. Listen to these words from Jesus. All of this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And what's amazing to me is that Jesus said this moments, hours, before he heads for his own death on the cross. And so when the Bible talks about the peace that passes all comprehension, that concept That idea doesn't come from someone who doesn't know his way around anguish. But it comes from someone who does. And so today, I'm not asking from those of you who hurt badly to somehow ignore your pain. I'm not going to act as though I can glibly stand up here and act as though love and joy and peace is just a piece of cake for you. I know it's not. Sometimes it's not in my life. I know it wasn't in Paul's and I know it wasn't in Christ's. But nonetheless, you and I stand together at the same place. And where else, where will we go? Where else will we go to find any kind of peace? The peace that passes all comprehension will guard your heart and your minds. What does Paul say? In Christ Jesus. And that's where you need to be. I can't give you a magic pill today for your pain. I can be there for you. I can hold your hand and love you and hug you and cry tears with you. But ultimately, the peace that you and I are both looking for is going to come only from one place. It's going to come from Christ. He's not there for us because peace is easy to find, but because it's hard to find. He knows we're an anxious lot. He is there because he knows that you sometimes feel beaten and down and alone. Which means that his peace and he himself is there for you right now. Let's pray. Lord, I do pray for everyone here today. Your peace. God, I know that there are some among us today who hurt in ways that I I don't want to hurt. They hurt at a level and have an anxiousness about life that I don't want to feel. And so, Father, I would pray your richest blessings on them today. That a peace that comes only from you, from your spirit, and enters into our lives and transcends what we can understand with our minds. I pray that that peace will be there for them. We don't take our troubles lightly. It's real pain. We really hurt God. But we know that you are there despite the depth of our pain. And so for those who hurt today, Father, I pray your deepest, most profound peace can be upon them. 
Help them to understand that you're there, that you care, that your heart breaks along with theirs. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.